Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Rutledge, your host, in the studio right now with my producer and co-host, Mr. Mike Redbone Crace. Mike Redbone, the bucks are on their feet. The scrapes are being lit up everywhere. Rubs are showing up everywhere. we got this drizzling rain here in the Midwest. Temperatures are dropping. Deer are dying. What about this new potential world record that was shot in Oklahoma? Well, I can, you know, and before you even go to that, yeah. welcome to the studio. Glad to yeah. be here today. But, uh, yeah, the deer are running everywhere. And, you know, we kept looking at the moon signs and, and looking at everything. And, and everybody said the last week in October, first week in November, going to be prime time. So, folks, it's here. But, yeah, the guy in Oklahoma, a guy by the name of uh, Gunnar Womack, uh, killed a deer earlier this week that is, um, I've got a picture of it right here on Facebook. Uh, he's an eight by eight whitetail that uh, I think they measured at a little over 200 inches. And they say it may be a new world record bow kill. That's awesome. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a big deer, too. Everybody now is being educated on how to manage whitetails, how to do food plots, how to, to read edge structure, how to call, how to make mock scrapes. You know, we've been doing this for years, back even in the hunter specialties days, mm-hmm. uh, 20 years ago. But. It's pretty cool to see through social media that this Mr. Womack has harvested this eight by eight typical frame buck in Oklahoma. And, you know, Oklahoma's a sleeper state. And I've been watching Oklahoma for many years. They're killing some giants in Oklahoma. The states to look out for everybody where the giants are at and they're coming from. Even Tennessee's growing right mm-hmm. now. They're growing big deer. Ohio. Ohio, Kentucky, Iowa always got giants. Kansas yep. and the Oklahoma. Yeah. And the deer in Missouri and Arkansas oh, yeah. are getting oh, bigger, yeah. too. I mean, every, oh, yeah. every year now in Missouri and in Arkansas, we get a couple of 200s and some 190s. So it's there. Are you seeing many deer going back and forth from the studio? Uh, from here to my house, which is about seven miles. Miss um, Nina, my wife, she leaves later than I do. She leaves right at right at dusk. Or, uh, yeah, well, when the sun's coming up. And she saw six this morning. Uh, I'm not seeing any between 4 and 4.30 when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is just a little bit early. They're still in the woods eating. But she saw some this morning. Uh, but I'm seeing some around the house and, and getting reports there around where I live. A lot of deer starting to move. On the drive from my home to the studio today, right? we did not see one deer. We got an overcast. It's drizzling rain here, folks. And we figured we'd see something. Yeah. But it's fixing to bust wide open yeah. any second here in the Midwest. And we've got listeners from all over the country that listen to us and streamline. And uh, we just want to thank you for listening. But here's what I've been observing. I spend anywhere from two to three hours a day glassing and watching from different locations on some of the areas that I hunt. And I've been watching bucks really pick up the movement in the last week i'm watching bucks go into uh openings and just lunging at does to make them Mm -hmm. you know just trot just a little bit and they spew sometimes Uh, what i mean by that is that that their urine they may drop a few drops of urine and those bucks check those does so when you see them doing that our listeners that's what he's doing he's trying to get them to spew a little bit so he can check their perfume spooking them a little bit yeah and it makes them pee just a little bit you know i've got a dog coco and and if I go pick her up to take her outside to pee or whatever, and she'll lay down on the floor, she spews. Yeah. Deer will spew. So that being said, what I want to say is that you're fixing the activity really pick up. Bucks are cruising. They're checking the does. Uh, the scrapes are being active. And when you find a scrape or find a rub, everybody, 
The reason you're finding these scrapes of rubber is these reasons. There's food source there. It's a travel route. It's There's water. usually does there or water source yeah. there. Or it's his way to and from. It's like a business card. And he's saying, hey, this is where I hang out. Yeah. Then when he makes that scrape, Redbone, he takes that overhanging branch. And what he'll do, he'll rub his antlers and his preorbital glands, his forehead gland, his scent on that to leave his clone there. His scent there, deer identify each other through scent more than any other way. Uh-huh. Then what happens, he'll chew on that limb. Right. You know, with it and chew it up and, and give the, the scent from his uh, saliva. Then what he'll do is he'll urinate in that scrape, everybody, and he'll urinate down his hocks. And we call him tarsals on the hocks of his legs. And he freshens that up daily. And that's his cologne. So he wants everybody to smell him. He wants everybody to know who he is. And when he urinates there, he hopes a doe comes by and she urinates in. Yep. And he'll come back and he don't have to walk up there to it, Redbone, and say, oh, Dolene's been here today. Yeah. He, he can stand it. 150, 200 yards downwind and check it. Yeah. So once they make that scrape, they don't always have to visit that scrape visually. They can smell it and check it. So that's something to keep in mind when you're scrape hunting. Because a lot of your big bucks will stay downwind of that scrape. You may ought to set that stand another 100 yards, 50 yards down to catch that big buck coming through. I learned that the hard way a couple of years ago. uh, Bow hunting, I was just getting ready to go up a tree, uh, which was a little bit, uh, just 20 yards from a scrape. And uh, uh, I saw movement. I I started to climb the ladder. and I looked, and there was a deer coming up the clearing. Big deer. So I just stepped behind the tree uh-huh. that I had to stand in. And he got within about 20 yards and then started, he put his nose in the air and he started sniffing that scrape. And he came about 10 yards closer. And then, of course, he saw me and took off. But that, that was a lesson learned by me that he doesn't have to go all the way to the scrape before he's going to stop and start smelling it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what happens is when these does, we got a few minutes here left before we go into a transition but these does will smell actually for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a female dog will come into estrus, into heat, and she'll throw off that pheromone, that hormone, and these bucks will catch scent of that. Then they absolutely fall in love. Then they hound and they, they aggravate, and they'll start following that doe and stay close to her. And that's why sometimes you will see more than one buck behind one doe. Right. And usually the does that come into estrus, usually, depends on their health. Mm-hmm. And their age status. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to look for. And remember this, when does come into heat in a certain time frame with on your property, within your property, remember a month later, 30 days later, they will come back in again, heat again if right. they are not bred. Right. Yeah. What and a great show we got lined up, Redbone. Yeah. And you want to add lip? I, I just want to say that just, just adding to that, and that when I started hunting, my Uncle Lindy, who I talk about all the time, taught me to hunt. He said, you see a doe and she's running, you better get ready because it's probably a, a buck chasing her. Yeah. If you see does that's looking back and they flick their tail and they trot off and they keep looking back, there's usually a buck behind yeah, A buck yeah, behind them. Tell, so. tell yeah, get get ready, boys. Get yeah. ready. Hey, Alex. Uh, we got a great guest coming on the show today, everybody, Redbone. And yeah, I'm do. excited. You know, American Roots is all about faith, family, friends, and uh, the outdoors. Alexa just talked to us. And, Alexa, we don't need to speak to you in Alexa, the studio. No. no, we don't need to speak to you, Alexa. <laughs> but anyway, the Drury Boys are a nationally known name. And these guys took their 80-year-old mother 
on a whitetail hunt. She harvested a nice buck. She loves the whitetail. Nice hunt. buck. And they're going to be on our show talking about the Drury American roots, where they started, where they're at to now, and what it means to take their mama. Well, we know where they started. They started playing football, St. Genevieve Valley Catholic. Yeah, and they are, <laughs> they, them boys was good football players. Yeah. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. And as promised, on the phone, the world famous, if you're an outdoors hunter, fisherman, turkey hunter, the Drury boys are on the line. Mark and Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, Alex. How we doing? We're doing good. Where are you guys at right now? Well, I'm in northern Missouri, just north of Kirksville, up in a little town called Bible Grove. And then, brother, where are you at? I'm in Leon, Iowa, at a Casey's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hint, hint, if Casey's is listening, Drew Boys and American Roots could use a sponsorship. There you go. <laughs> and I got I to ask, do you have a good site there at Casey's? Are you seeing any deer? <laughs> well, you know, it really wouldn't be deer season without the fall colors and uh, a Diet Coke and a sandwich from Casey's. Terry and I grew up on that stuff back in the early and mid-90s over around Cord in Iowa. So every time I go in one nowadays, I think of those early years when we were out there grinding it out, not really knowing what we were doing. <laughs> well, you know what? Since you brought that subject up, how you and Terry grew up before we went into this segment, uh, Redbone says you got to know the Drury Boys also because of their football talents. Let's talk about that. You guys was born and raised in Bloomsdale, Missouri, correct? Correct. And played football at Valley Catholic. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, one of those really good teams they had back in the early 80s. Well, it seems like after we get out of there, they got a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're really good right now, I can tell you, too. They're ranked number six in the state in Class 1, so... Anyway, but anyway, Mark, you played football. Let's talk about that real quick. And Terry, what position did you play, Mark? I was left guard, believe it or not. You know, it's a, a small school, and somebody that's about six foot and weighs one hundred and fifty pounds soaking wet is a left guard. <laughs> <laughs> what did you play, Terry? I was a center. <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> Practice squad, practice squad, boy. <laughs> I was a water boy. <laughs> well, I played, I played guard and tackle. Yeah. Yeah, I guarded the water bucket and tackled anybody that came close to it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, anyway, you guys have just made a, a, a social media blast, man, that's went crazy about taking your mama on a deer hunt. She's harvested several deers, but let's talk about that. You guys... The Drury Outdoors is a household name, Redbone, and mm-hmm. all of our listeners knows this. I just want to commend you guys for the message that you are sending by taking your mama. That's powerful. And the industry, and I'm not trying to be negative, but the industry seems that some companies have lost focus. It's more about just, you know, buying products and, and money, 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 but Man, you're bringing something back here. You're taking your 80-plus-year-old mother deer hunting. And, man, it, it, it's it's created a huge buzz. Let's talk about that. Go ahead, brother. Well, you know, we lost our beloved pops two and a half years ago. And, and you know, you loved him like we did, oh, Alex. And you man. loved our mom like we do. I can almost and, cry uh, right now. Yeah, we, Go you ahead. Know, well, we're, just, we're just trying to do the best we can to be 
the sons that they raised us to be and our sisters be the daughters they raised us to be. And, you know, we, we do a lot of different activities with mom, uh, ones that she really didn't do a lot when dad was alive. So we've been really proud of her willingness to try new things. And uh, when I brought up the possibility to, you know, potentially go kill one with a bow, she said, well, how would I ever pull it back? And I said, well, um, crossbows are legal now. And, of course, uh, Brother Terry's been playing with that PSE line of crossbows the last few years. And mm-hmm. I ordered one in and, and got it set up. Wade helped me get it set up. And we got Mom out on the range. Well, actually, we ended up shooting coon dogs because uh, – um, we felt like it was probably fitter a little bit better. So we ended up uh-huh. shooting Coon Dogs Thrive from PSE, and we got her on the range, and, I mean, she was just a crack shot. She's a very good shot with an optic. And um, we had a lot of confidence. Once we got in the blind, we might be able to get get a shot. Well, she killed a doe the first night, hit it high lung, deer ran 50 yards and died, and then the next night, the deer you're referring to, she killed a 13-point buck that grossed 140, <laughs> looked like a five-year-old deer, and uh, she hit – High long there, too, hit the aortic artery. He didn't run 50 yards and uh, pile up in the path we access in on. So, And, I mean, she was shaking just like we do when a big old gobbler comes in. So it was uh, it was really a cool moment. Terry came over and shared it with us, and we went live on Facebook with it, and she became uh, a star of Dury Outdoors, certainly. Well, she's the new – you know that she's the new hot topic now. So you're going to have to have her at shows and everything running with you guys. you got to have her there. <laughs> Jeez, I'll tell you what, Alex, and you may you may remember this, but Mom used to sit at those turkey calling contests for hours on end and loved hearing you guys. I mean, she was just enthralled with uh, with turkey calling, comp- competitive calling, a long, long time ago, and I'm talking 25, 30 years ago. And uh, she kind of latched onto this thing. So she was really the one that taught us how to clean our first squirrel, taught us how to clean our first mm-hmm. rabbit. Mm-hmm. And, and grew, she grew up on a farm. So the roots were there. And maybe not necessarily the passion, uh-huh. but that lifestyle of hunting uh, was not uncommon where she grew up. So, you know, it just kind of kind of a natural uh, event for us was just to follow in those footsteps. But mom has always been the one that was kind of the woodsy outdoorsman. And uh, I, I vividly recall her sitting for hours and hours on end listening to you guys at those turkey calling events. And, and she would still be doing it if you guys were still calling competitively. But um, she's really been into it for a long time, so it's kind of cool to see her getting back into it in this former fashion. I tip my cap to Brother Mark mm-hmm. for his patience and for, for the willingness to take her along and, and get her into a blind and spend the time and, and uh, you know, the effort that goes into it. It's not, it's not all that easy, but the pleasure that comes out the backside is just unbelievable. We're so proud of both of them and so happy for her that uh, I just can't state, how, you know, how the whole family feels. You know, that, that, that begged me to ask this question, guys, and that is, what would your dad have said about your mom out there at 82 years old killing a deer with a crossbow? What would he say about that? Well, she's actually 86, and I think he would have said, oh, you got, you're not going to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him from Ralph. Yeah. You know why? Because he would have been afraid that it would have included him in some way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys. Dad was, never one, Dad was never one to go in the outdoors very often. Uh, 
like Terry said, I think our hunting roots came from mom's side of the family. She was literally raised dirt floor poor on the farm mm-hmm. and uh, was hunting with her at end sisters from the time she could remember so i think we get our our dna through the ritter side of the family and ralph he just always wanted to run construction jobs and uh, didn't want too much to do with cleaning a deer or or cleaning a rabbit or anything else i, I remember one time i i trapped a rabbit in a box in a uh, uh you know a, a box trap and dad got home and i was like 11 or 12 years old and i couldn't wait to show it to him and um he got there, and I, I had that rabbit down on that trap, and I said, Dad, look what I did. And he looked down on that trap, and he had his hard hat still on. He's standing there filling up his, his truck with gas because we had a tank at the house, and he said, Hey, I got an idea. He grabbed that rabbit out of the out of the trap. He took some orange surveying paint and painted the side of that rabbit and let it go, and he goes, Now, go catch him again. <laughs> All because he didn't want to clean it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I tell you what, Mark, Terry, we're going to go to a break. Can you hang with us another segment? You bet. This is awesome, everybody. You are listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends, and what a wonderful show we're having here. We've got the Drury Boys on here, the world-known Drury Boys, and we're talking about their American roots, and they're talking about a recent hunt that they done with their 86-year-old mother, Mrs. Mama Drury. And these boys are sending the right message to everybody in the outdoor industry. Guys, if I ask you this question, and the question is, what have you got to say to everybody that's listening that's, that's watched your live feed and watching the hunt with your mama? What have you got to say to people out there that may have an older uh, a parent or a grandpa or grandma? What have you got to say to everybody? Terry? Well, I'll tell you, as, as we continue to age, you know, you start looking around, and, and when we were kids, you know, you looked up to those that were a little bit older than you, and, and you respected them. And now, as we continue that, you know, that venture, and we continue to age, we're all of a sudden creeping up there, and you find out what's important in life. And Alex, you, you know mm. this more than anyone, because you've been preaching it for a while. Mm-hmm. But it starts at the top. It starts with our parents. It starts with our grandparents. So I would encourage each and every one that has the opportunity to take someone, maybe an elder that they respect, an elder neighbor, an elder relative, uh, to get them out there and encourage them. The hardest thing, I think, when you get old is to find that drive and that motivation. It's easy to sit on a, in an easy chair or the couch mm-hmm. and kind of watch TV or whatever one's doing. But I think some a little bit of encouragement. You know, we hear about taking youngsters, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. but encouraging someone that's a little bit older and giving them the respect that they deserve and the courtesy they deserve, uh, you know, some of that is being lost. You know, as you watch some of the things that are going on nowadays, mm-hmm. some of that respect and courtesy is lost, and you can't encourage someone enough. You can't overstate it uh, that they, they were the ones that paved the trail for us, and uh, it's time to give back. Yeah, let's, we talk about this quite a bit, and that is the fact that uh, you know the numbers of hunters in America is going down, and a lot of it is because the the hunters are getting older and they're just losing interest. And, and I think this is the time for you know those of us in our fifties and forties or whatever, you know, to kind of try and get those people back out there and get them back interested in the outdoors. And, and I think that's what the, the Drury brothers are where they're coming from. Is you know those people taught us to hunt. Well, let's go out there and let's take them and say thank you for teaching me. Now let's put you in a blind and, and let's see if we can get you. Here. Well, well said. You know what Terry's saying here. You know I got to agree one hundred percent. And uh, again, I, 
I have the utmost respect for the Drew Boys and everything that they do. They are they are actually leaders in this outdoor industry, you know. And you're a huge part, the Drew Boys, for for getting more hunters involved. The youth is important, but it's also important to reiterate that we need to show appreciation to people that's taught us, like you said, Terry. So, you know, I even brought up the idea one time. Hey, why not create? a season for senior citizens to hunt during the youth season, but they got to have somebody with them that could help create numbers, uh, greater numbers that, which is needed right now. What's your thoughts on that, Mark, Terry? Go ahead, Mark. No doubt about it. You know, we're just hopeful that someday Matt and Taylor will take us. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not too far off. Yeah. Um, but, But we're very hopeful that, and it really doesn't matter if it's a senior or a child or a best friend or whoever it is. The point of the matter is take someone hunting and go have a good time outdoors. Uh, there's, there's no better thing you can do, especially in the fall, than to go enjoy the temperatures, the fall foliage. Uh, the bucks are starting to move and rut, and there's nothing better than going out there and enjoying that with, with a friend. And, you know, you see a lot of... Um, Used to, it was always a single hunter in a tree stand, and a lot of guys still hunt like that. But there's a lot of people that have box blinds erected. And mm-hmm. I think the coolest aspect of a blind, whether it be a box blind or a ground blind, is you can take two people or three people and go enjoy it together, man. There's, there's no better time than to have a time out in the outdoors. Well said again. you know. And I've got shooting houses, red bone, and listeners all over my property, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I hunt together in Mallory, and we try to get the family involved. And, and you know, you're seeing a lot of focus, Mark. You brought up something there. A lot more people are resorting to the shooting houses than they are actually lock-on type stands or ladder stands because they want to hunt together as a family. Yeah, I think, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think some of that comes from the fact, and Alex, we've talked about this many times, is we don't have check stations anymore for deer. So we've kind of lost some of that camaraderie of being in the, you know, at the check station waiting on people to come in during the day. Now you go kill a deer, you go home, you, you call or you go on the internet and you check it in and you're done. Yeah. So Do you, you remember that, don't you, Mark? Terry, could you hardly wait to get home from school to see who's killed a big deer? Oh, could not wait to go to the check station and check in our fork horn and see what everybody else is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then while you was there, you'd buy you a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew and a, and a bag of peanuts to put in your soda, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, we we'll had some pops as well. <laughs> that's you know, that's not but, many. Hey, Alex, not yes. many people remember that about putting peanuts in your Pepsi Cola. But our our pop, and I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to Come him on. here momentarily. I you know, it. he wasn't the hunter, but he was the epitome of a construction <laughs> boss. When you saw that big finger pointing at you, telling you what to do, you better jump, and you better jump high, and you better jump really fast. He. He was the, the one that instilled the work ethic in both of us. I mean, our pop was a, a consummate professional when it came to the construction side. But with that, he always, always had peanuts in his Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> That's yeah. country. Yeah, See, I prefer peanuts in my Coke. But anyway, yeah. whatever the case may be. Yeah, but you know, that you, know, you reflect back to things like that, and you can touch on things like that, and it brings back such great memories. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, we talked about it several times, uh, brothers, that, uh, you know, if they bring the check stations back, I know it's costly, a little bit more costly to MDC, but, man, it could revive and get more people involved because people's watching what's going on publicly. You know, think about or even that. even if they did it electronically where you could see everybody's kills all across the state. That's you know, an idea. We kind of do that to some degree within within 
you know, Facebook and Instagram and our, our app, DeerCast, we mm-hmm. have a lot of different people that post up their kills in there. So it's kind of like one big giant community or one big giant check-in station. And, and I, I, like you, I always enjoyed that, especially because it was down there at the Dew Drop-In in Bloomsdale. Yep. We'd, uh, we might stay and have an extra cold beverage or two, Alex. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and talk oh. about your story of your hunt. You know, I, I, I was remember riding the bus and looking out to the right side of the window going north and seeing the old Sinclair station there with all those vehicles there with deer in the back of the trucks. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be a little ornery here. And when I hunted as a kid, my dad and brothers always said, now, everybody, they're going to ask you where you killed that deer at. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to tell them is this, Fisher <laughs> Pond. <laughs> Fisher <laughs> Pond. There was a thousands of deer checked in at Fisher Pond. Because everybody always said that because everybody wanted to know where they killed it. Everybody lied. You didn't want everybody to know where they killed them. <laughs> well, you know, and when hey, I when I started hunting, it was it was Howe County. A good deer hunter. Yeah, when I started hunting, it was Howe County. People, when you go check, they they say, "Where'd you kill your deer?" You just say Howe County, and that's how Howe County got to be one of the biggest. Because half the deer that were checked in Howe County were killed in Oregon County. But we didn't want people knowing we had a lot of deer in Oregon County. (laughs) I remember, we're getting off on some stuff here, Mark, Terry, uh, Redbone, then we're going to go to uh, uh, any of the segment here. My brother would say, don't you tell anybody where you're turkey hunting at. Don't you, you better not bring nobody out there. (laughs) Don't ever bring anybody on our stomping grounds. How many of y'all remember that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, real quick, we're going to wrap it up here. How can everybody learn more about the Jury Boys? Tell us real quick. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, you can check us out at DeerCast or DeerCast.com, DuryOutdoors.com. You can find us on Facebook at Drury Outdoors, Instagram or Twitter at Drury Outdoors or on YouTube uh, under DOD TV. Check us out. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'd love to see that giant buck when you guys kill it this fall, uh, especially over on DeerCast. If you haven't seen our app, there's a free version, a pro version, an elite version. Check them out. We'd love to see you in there. Awesome. Hey, in addition, in addition to that, we're uh, we're also on the Outdoor Channel on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We've got three, three shows on the Outdoor Channel and then currently one on the Pursuit Network that will be uh, starting on, on Sportsman. You guys are awesome. What a great family. Thank you so much for sharing with us. We'd love to have you back, guys back again on the show. Can I count on you? Absolutely. We love you guys. We love you guys and love what you stand for. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. And on the line, this segment of the show is about special events that you can do in your communities to create interest about hunting and get more people involved in hunting Redbone. And yeah. on the line, we got Mr. Warren Bland, the general manager of Super Town and Country of Donovan, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound excited, Warren. You sound excited. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. Warren, tell us what you got going on down there. You, this is going on your 14th year as a big buck contest at the Super Town and Country Store, grocery store in Donovan, Missouri. Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, every year I do this uh, contest uh, for the youth and regular gun season. I uh, 
give away. This will make number 27 and 28 deer rifles that I've given away. Wow. The uh, youth will be contending for a new 243 with a scope and a gun season. I have a 6.5 Creed more with scope camo. And uh, we give away lots of deer stands and blinds and just snack all kinds of different stuff we get from different vendors and 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 things for the kids and it's really exciting to watch all those kids bring in because there's not a kid that brings a buck in no matter if it's a spike a button buck i give every kid stuff but i pay the four top places with the biggest prizes and right on down the line this is beautiful, Redbone, and, and Warren, thanks for being on the show. Redbone, I remember as a kid growing up, some of the gas stations in Birch Tree would do the same thing, and there's a lot of businesses across the country, and we've got listeners all over the country listening to this now. Uh, Warren, what have you got to say to any listeners, and you too, Redbone, to, that may want to do something like this? Well, it, you know, the whole thing is well worth when you see all those kids smiling and bringing those deer in, some of them for the very first time. You know, the, the putting the contest together, you know, I had the graces of my bosses letting me do it, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, he told me, he said, you come up with a way to do it, you got my blessing. So I've, over time, have just made it bigger and bigger, and, and uh, I'm always knock on wood been able to get enough uh, help to buy things and and out there and to give it away, you know. And I'd take pictures and have the newspaper there, and they do a big write-up, you know, in the newspaper every year, and it's it's a big deal there in Donovan, Missouri. Hey, so, Warren, how do you judge the winning deer? I mean, are you going by uh, points? Are you scoring these deer, or are you going by weight? <clears throat> no, I usually have a taxidermist there. They uh, measure total inches by Buckmaster's rule, just total inches of horn. Okay. And add them together, and we go by that. Okay. Now, how do kids and adults, too, they want to participate? How do they get, do they have to pre register for the contest or just kill a deer and bring it in? They have to be entered at least the night before uh, the gun season, ever which it is. Okay. And I charge $10 entry. And that's the only way I really have to pay for my guns. Sure. Because I don't get those donated. Uh, so, and that's just a small amount. And I try to put most of it right back in the contest, you know, for the kids and, and the adults also. So and if do- the kids don't use their entry during the two days of youth hunt, their entries are still good through the gun season. Okay, well, that's good. So how do people go about getting registered? They come by the store? Is there they a place- just come by my store, go to my front office, and tell them they want to enter in a big buck contest, and that's all there is to it. We write their name down, phone number, and, and I-, I keep those all on hand. And usually at the end, I even uh, Rhonda Yarber of Donovan, she usually makes a big quilt and stuff and every entry entered in both contests i put in there and we draw one entry out for that even okay now is this open to just ripley county hunters or is it open to you know stoddard and and other counties as well no it's open to all i leave my doors open for any any kids or anything that wants to come and enter 
All I right. have a question for you, Warren. How many people do you have participate? Uh, do you have a number? How many people participate? Uh, in this event? I, I think last year I had about 190 entries between the two. I had almost 90 kids entered, and uh, 25, I think, brought deer in. Wow. That's beautiful. You that know, what, what you're doing here, Warren, is actually a, a great networking tool and an outreach to get people involved. And we just had uh, some great guests on the show, and we was talking about the uh, how they used to tag deer in the, in the older days before they changed the online checking and how people would go to the gas station to check the deer in, and everybody would be sitting there waiting to see what deer brought in. Oh, yeah. Yep. It helped generate and money our, to the gas know, station. We started 6 o'clock in the evenings, and we judge until 8. Hey, got to have a deadline, you know, so 8 o'clock at night right. is the deadline. And they can bring their horns. They can bring their deer head in plastic bag and or pull up in the trucks with the deer in the back, and we go out and measure all the horns and write them down. And, and I publicize, you know, all the winnings and, you know, the the number of inches of everybody. And, and coming in and looking at my table where I've got my display, I've got pictures there from the last 13 years, even the very first deer ever won. Oh, wow. Uh, that, boy would, that boy would be about 26 or 27 years old now <laughs> from Dexter. From Dexter. All right, so Warren, uh, we, we're, we're running out of time here. Do you remember what is the biggest deer that's ever been checked that won the contest? Uh, uh, 175, 180. Wow. 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 That's well, good Warren, we, have, we have lots of good deer that come in. Warren, I want to thank you on behalf of our sponsors and partners that support American Roots for the message that you're sending in the, the beautiful city of Donovan, Missouri, and what you're doing for the youth and for the hunters. Because uh, we need more people doing what you're doing. You're sending a great message, and uh, I'd like to treat you to a lunch sometime on behalf of American Roots, if you would go with me for what you're doing to show my appreciation. Uh, thank you for what you do. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, also word out to any, anybody or businesses out there that would like to help donate to the cause and make the contest better, more prizes, I more than welcome anyone. Well, I have an idea for you. I'm going to call you after I get done at the studio, and we're going to share some ideas how possibly American Roots Outdoors can possibly help. Well, I appreciate it. I want to thank everybody for listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. And our old saying is this, when your roots are deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. Until the next show, have a great and safe weekend and spend time in the outdoors with your family. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.